0: Welcome to the What is Happening in Salt Lake podcast series, brought to you by slc.gov and the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. The purpose of the podcast series is to review topics relevant to Salt Lake-based business owners and startups, as well as to highlight success stories from other entrepreneurs.
1: Good morning, Salt Lake City. We are coming at you live from the Miller Business Resource Center down in Sandy Campus. Today we have with us some guests from Salt Lake Community College Small Business Development Center and also from Salt Lake City Corporation, Department of Economic Development. Does everybody want to introduce yourselves?
0: Yeah. Why don't you start, Roberta?
1: Yes, I'm Roberta Reichelt, the Manager of Entrepreneurship and Small Business at Salt Lake City in the Department of Economic Development.
2: Good morning. I'm Jim Heron. I'm with the uh, Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. And this is Peter
0: Collister, also with the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. And I'm Will Wright. I work with Roberta for Salt Lake City Economic Development.
1: Great. So today, uh, this pat- podcast is about the key things you should consider prior to starting your business. To all those small business entrepreneurs out there, we're talking to you, people that have been thinking about starting a business. We want to help you, and we are a resource for you. So hopefully this will provide you some great information. So guys, Peter and Jim, when working with entrepreneurs, what are the common traits you tend to see?
0: No, we tend to see entrepreneurs who are passionate about their businesses, passionate about their ideas. They've typically thought about what they've wanted to do for a long time, but have just lacked the means or resources to turn their ideas into
2: reality. I agree. A lot of times, you know, they have a passion about certain things or they have an idea that they want to pursue, but they don't have the... The skills or the knowledge to start their
0: business. Most entrepreneurs appreciate the upside of whatever it is they want to do—the uh, money, the freedom. I think successful entrepreneurs really appreciate the downside risk as well.
1: We know it's fairly common knowledge that most startups fail. So why do you think that is?
0: First of all,
2: the money—that's um, the lifeblood of the business, and if that, that runs out, then they're not going anywhere. And they have to have a good product that people want. Um, A lot of times they're not researching enough to make sure that their product is sellable. So
0: that's some of the reason why businesses will fail. Yeah, I think the number one reason is because they run out of money. They don't anticipate having enough cash to support a business for however long it's going to take. Another reason they fail is they don't do, as Jim said, don't do enough market research And sometimes an entrepreneur will do market research in a biased way so that their research will support whatever it is they want to do and they ignore some glaring criticisms.
1: Excellent. Yeah, definitely. I've seen that. So what is the first step then for these entrepreneurs who want to start a business?
0: The first step is really to do some honest evaluation about your idea. You need to ask a lot of hard questions and really be honest uh, with yourself how much pain does your solution solve? How much satisfaction does it really provide? How long does it last? How big is the market? And really, how much is it gonna cost to build it?
2: Yeah, and those hard questions you need to ask not only yourself, but you gotta ask your potential customers. You need to make sure that what they need is in fact what you're providing. And you have to be willing to uh, to be flexible with your ideas and to be able to accept criticism. If you're trying to defend your idea to your customers, then uh, it's probably going to flop. So I think that's one of the big things you need to do is is find out what your customers need and be able to react to that.
1: Yeah, I want to go into a little, that a little bit more, what you said, because I've seen in some cases this unwillingness to pivot or just be flexible, like you said. If you're so set on this particular way, for example, a restaurant that you provide your product, you're providing, and your customers aren't catching on to that, and but being stubborn, it's a fine line of saying, let's just stick this out, and maybe it'll come, you know, to success later on. Or do I need to pivot and try to, you know, bring in a new item or something else that will attract them? Do you see that?
0: Well, I think uh, with what Jim said with validation, if you can get validation, and it's really important not to get validation from people who care about you, but people who don't know you, people who will be honest with you, friends and family will lie to you in an effort not to hurt your feelings, which is kind of sad, but, but true. But if you validate the problem earlier, early on, you can pivot before you have a brick and mortar restaurant. Yeah, we tell uh, people that are looking to start businesses, you want to fail fast
2: and uh, that's kind of something that they don't want to hear but if your idea is going to fail if it's not a good idea or if you have the wrong
0: market that you're targeting then you want to know sooner than later definitely
1: okay so what happens after the validation
0: so after the validation after you really going to figure out the components of the business and you can use a, a tool called business model canvas to begin to map out the different components of the business uh, you want to put together a business or an operating plan it uh, doesn't need to be very complicated, maybe four to six pages, but it describes what it is you're doing and why. The why is really, really important. Businesses tend to be boring, but conveying why you're passionate about what you're doing is, is critical. But talking about what you're selling, what you're selling it for, who you're selling it to, how big that market is, who the competition is, and what you need financially, and typically you'll have a forecast that goes along with that.
2: Yeah, a business
0: model is kind
2: of like a puzzle for the entrepreneur. They all have to work the different aspects of your business have to work in order for it to be successful. It's like, for example, if someone has an idea for a great new chemistry for ice, okay, let's say I'm going to take this up to Alaska. Well, first of all, you have to get it there. Second of all, does it actually have a market up there? Will it, are your customers located there? So you got to look and see if those pieces are going to fit. And uh, And if they're not, you got to see where you need to adjust them. And if you can't get them to fit, you probably need to look at a different idea. Mm
1: -hmm. And so just to give everyone a piece of reality, how many people are you talking to potential entrepreneurs are actually doing this maybe before they get to you?
0: (laughs) uh, Probably less than 5% do this before they come to us. Most entrepreneurs are passionate about their idea, but there are very few experts in starting a business. Most people start a business one, two or three or four times at most. Yeah, and unfortunately, we see them a lot of
2: times when they started
1: Press that. and
2: they run into problems mm-hmm. because they didn't go through it. Mm-hmm. And there's the uh, the movie Field of Dreams. If you build it, they'll mm-hmm. come. Well, they have that mindset, and that's been the traditional mindset of yeah. um, of business people, and we tell them don't do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Word to the wise. Okay, so we validated the product and uh, financing. That probably comes next. How do we get money?
0: Well, as part of building your forecast, and this is where Jim is an expert, uh, you really should develop a cash flow forecast, because cash is uh, critical, cash is king when it comes to any business. And uh, as you build out your 12 to 36 month forecast, you should be able to figure out how much cash you need to invest into the business, and then you have to back into where that's going to come from. Generally, as an entrepreneur, you'll need to put some money into your business. You can look at friends and family to make an investment or some type of loan. You can go to angel investors, uh, depending on the type of business, how technical it is. Or you can go to a bank. Um, there are many different types of banks. There's banks that offer SBA loans. There's organizations like Salt Lake City that offer uh, great loans for startups at, uh, at great prices. It just kind of depends on the business. That's where I would suggest maybe visiting with your local SBDC office could be very helpful in navigating that path.
2: You know what's interesting, too, is that um, you don't want a whole lot of money to start your business. And the reason why we say that is because it would be nice to have everything you need. It's a pain to raise money. People don't usually like doing it. They don't like going and asking family and stuff for cash. But if you have too much, number one, it can stifle creativity. You need to figure out how to do things to get around the obstacles that that, uh, come up. Number two is uh, it can hide some mistakes and problems with your business that may not show up until later when it can be fatal. So you want to have enough money, but you want to not have too much.
1: Yeah. So in asking, you know, where do people go wrong with that? You're saying one is sometimes people start off with too much money.
2: No, it's, it's that they want to get as, as much as they can. They may have the opportunity to have to get a lot of money. Maybe they have a, just a fantastic idea that's going to change an industry, and they have people wanting to put a lot of money into them. But that's not always a good thing. Yeah. And so it's a huge challenge to raise too much money. But yet yeah, it's, it's starting at levels that you can deal with. Yeah. The education of trying to raise the money and, and it being a difficult thing can be good.
1: And where do you see in like the cash flow projections the biggest area where people go wrong or underestimate?
2: That, yeah, underestimating how much, how things much cost. it's going to cost. Yeah, it's yeah. going to usually cost twice as much and twice as long to, to get to where you yep. your next milestone.
0: Most entrepreneurs really under-forecast what marketing is going to cost to drive the revenue they think they're going to create. And most entrepreneurs don't correlate marketing spend with revenue. Which the two are inherently linked. Absolutely. And generally, entrepreneurs don't have enough cash to support operating expenses for more than two or three months.
1: And in the age of social media, do you think a lot of people just rely on doing it for free, you know, through Instagram and not creating a, a budget around a marketing
0: free. strategy? Free is a myth.
1: Free is a myth.
0: There's no such thing as free lunch.
1: <laughs> so, uh, what other resources are available to startups? that you guys want to tell our audience, besides yourselves, besides Salt Lake City?
2: Well, I was going to say we're the
0: best resource but, uh, yeah, but it depends, well well depends on which, which advisor you work with. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> good <year.
1: laughs> Who are you guys referring people to? Is what we,
0: I... we work with a lot of partners. We yeah. obviously work very closely with Salt Lake City and your economic development team, which is fantastic. Uh, we work very closely with SCORE, their house just down the hall from us. They offer free mentoring with a lot of very specific industry or technical experience we also work with the Pete Swazil Center. They support a lot of uh, the Hispanic entrepreneurship community. They offer a lot of free training. We work with VentureCapital.org. They help more technical entrepreneurs. We do a lot of referrals with the Goldman Sachs 10,000 program.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, they are a fantastic program that help uh, businesses that are a little more established develop a growth plan so they can grow 3-5x to 5x over the next 3-5 to 5 years and have a great track
2: record. There's also the Women's Business Center. They're uh, kind of our sister organization. They're located at the Salt Lake uh, Chamber. They do a lot of very good events, and mm-hmm. as well as they have other resources that, that are available to. Um,
1: and it's not just for women. It's not correct? just for women, they mm-hmm. say.
2: Let's clarify you know, that. <laughs> when, when, they, when they introduce themselves at events that I'm there, and they say, We're the Women's Business Center. And so I'll stand up next They say, We're the Men's Business Center. <laughs> but uh, but no, we meet with probably most half of our clients are women,
1: okay.
2: And they seem to be the ones that actually follow up are more diligent at um, doing what they should be doing to to make their business successful.
0: Uh, there are some statistics out there that suggest that women are better at managing capital than men, and being well, uh, making I dollars it. stretch further. Mm-hmm. I do, too.
2: Data doesn't lie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My wife handles our checkbook at home. So.
1: And are you guys seeing an uptick in minority-owned businesses, um, entrepreneurs coming through? Yeah, or? we do.
2: Minorities, uh, veteran-owned okay. businesses or veterans looking to start businesses, we're doing a lot more with those groups. The, uh, the head of the Pete Swazo Center is a former uh, SBDC advisor that worked here. Well, I sit on a committee with the uh, Black Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. And so we're helping them in uh, in some areas of mm-hmm. helping their members. A lot of times from the feedback we get that some of the minorities, you know, are nervous to come to the Miller campus. It's because,
1: <laughs> because it's in Sandy.
2: Because it's <laughs> in Sandy. But because of that, because of location and stuff, uh, we have a couple of our advisors, in, including Peter, that does several days downtown mm-hmm. to meet with clients down there. And he also works with the refugees quite a bit.
0: Yeah. I spent a day or two a month working with the International Rescue Committee. They have budding entrepreneurs who need advice on starting a business, not very familiar with uh, American laws and regulations. And so we partner quite a bit with them. I think we're pretty collaborative. We don't view someone else's clients as being theirs and our clients as being ours. However, we can help a company get to where they're going. uh, We're pretty happy to facilitate that in the best way. Uh, some of the other grant programs, and these are more for uh, scalable businesses that are looking to grow to be several million dollars. Uh, the Governor's Office of Economic Development has a grant called the TCIP program, and they'll give up to $150,000 to technical entrepreneurs who are looking Correct. to.
1: Specific to industry, certain industries, right?
0: Yeah, really, they'll give money to anything that's scalable. Okay. And so, life science companies, IT companies, some consumer product companies have gotten money. Okay. Uh, but more technical entrepreneurship, far less traditional. But other great resources, and you maybe want to talk a little bit more about the loan fund, the Salt Lake offers. And there's also the Utah Micro Loan Fund. That's a great resource for entrepreneurs that may not have the history or the credit to mm-hmm. get a traditional loan. There's also the uh, Salt Lake Revolving Loan Fund. Ours
1: or the county's? Yeah, counties. yours. Yeah. That's what he was talking about. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Let's no, we have a... Uh... But, <laughs> yeah, we, we've had clients that have gotten that. loans to that program.
1: Absolutely. That's a great resource for startups in particular. Usually it's really difficult, you guys know, to get a bank, bank loan as a brand new business. And so the Economic Development Loan Fund out of Salt Lake City is for Salt Lake City jurisdiction businesses only, but it's for a commercial business license for entrepreneurs that are looking to start their business and they can loan up to or borrow up to $100,000. It's a seven-year term, pretty flexible as far as the application, but you do apply and you go through a loan committee and give a presentation on what your new business is. Um, it's also for entrepreneurs who are expanding their business, their operations as well. Um, and for those, if you've had a business for more than three years, you can borrow up to 350000 So, yes, it is a fantastic resource for those businesses in Salt Lake
0: City. Well, what else, Roberta?
1: I think that's all. I mean, do we have any other topics that we we haven't covered? Um, we can get questions from the audience. We'd love your feedback. Uh, new entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs at a couple of years old that have some questions, we'd love to take your questions and you know put them in our next podcast. So reach out to us however you can. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Will, for being here. And we look forward to hearing from everyone next time. Thanks.